Have you ever wanted to sell more books and enroll more customers? Or maybe you're looking to find ways to sustain your message and truly make your difference. Hosted by Sean Rosensteel, Authorized is a live collaborative show dedicated to helping self-development authors take their businesses to the next level. All right, we're live. Hey, Mel, thank you for coming onto the show here today and talking with us about your book. I'm excited, excited to be here. Yeah, I appreciate it. So we talked, what, a couple months ago, probably, we connected for the first time. Yes. Was that over the summer and you, I think, were getting kind of ready to get back? Right, to go back to school. So it was late July. Late July. Yeah, yeah. So how has that all been? Because are are you a teacher? Is that Mm -hmm. right? As well as an author. Yeah. So how has that been kind of trying to find your way through all the the moving targets, right? It's... um, It's been good. It's been crazy. So I teach in a district. It's tiny. I teach uh, language arts to middle schoolers. And um, we are, we've been in seat. We're going in, I think it's our ninth week. Um, In fact, first quarter will be over in another week. Uh, We've, you know, we really worry that the numbers would come up once school started, Mm -hmm. uh, but they've stayed pretty steady and, the kids are, you know, they would deny this till they died, but they're so happy to be there. So, yeah, and it yeah. makes it easy. I mean, we're, even though we're live or in seat, we're having to do extra because there are still kids that are on quarantine or a tiny bit of few of them have possibly had it. I mean, we're not really privy to that information, but um, sure. so we're having to upload lessons into Google Classroom and that kind of thing. So it's a little bit sure. extra work on yeah, top of what we're doing anyway, so. I bet. What what part of the country are you located? Um, I'm in, well, I live in Columbia, Missouri, and I uh, teach in a little district east of here um, okay. called North, North Callaway. It's very cool. Small. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Well, kudos for navigating your way through all of that, that, that mess right now. I can't imagine how difficult every that teacher, is. Right? Yeah. Every <laughs> teacher in probably the world right now needs everyone's thoughts and prayers. It is a lot. It, it is. even, I can't imagine the ones that are doing hybrid and online and in person. I mean, there's so many different ways that kids are being taught right now. And it, it, it's teaching is a hard job anyway. And it is just unbelievable right now. And the stress just of having your own children or the fact that you could get sick or your kids might be sick or, it's a lot. It is a lot. Yeah. Everybody is doing their own version of building the airplane in the sky right now. So I give teachers and parents and these students, I mean, everybody so much credit uh, for making it work, you know? Yes. And I think everyone is doing a really, really good job about that. I mean, there of course are things that are going wrong. Unfortunately, when things go wrong in your classroom, no one's there to really witness it. But when you're online uh, live, which thankfully I'm not, you know, parents are in there they're watching so yeah thank goodness that's not me thanks are a little higher this year (laughs) yeah yeah so all right so tell us about your book Uh, the the title of your book college bound caught my eye so tell us about here's my book yeah the ultimate list of what what was the subtitle the ultimate list of conversations to help your teen through high school um cool so in a nutshell my book is 
just a bit of advice, uh, not because I'm an expert, but but because I've lived through this twice now, of uh, getting my kids ready to go to college. And it's not, I wrote it, obviously, with college in mind, but there are so many paths that our kids could take that, honestly, a lot of these conversations, uh, this prep work that um, I am suggesting you do as a parent would help your child in any uh, situation, whether it be college or military or a gap year, getting a job, anything. Um, because I, I feel like a lot of times parents just are on the, under the assumption that once your teenagers are, uh, once they are teenagers, your life will be horrible, that they're awful creatures and you can't talk to them and they are terrible. And yet, uh, that doesn't have to be true. And that's not to say that there aren't moments that you don't think they're horrible creatures, but <laughs> staying in conversation from the beginning is such a great device for us to use as parents and to help our kids along the way. Um, I think a lot of times the acting out and the horribleness that can occur sometimes be from them being so unsure and, um, and no one's listening to them, including parents, I think we need to give them a voice and staying in conversation sure. helps them do that. So what are some of the things you can do to get the conversation started early? And, uh, and also when is, what is that? Can you define early? Honestly, early to me would be now. I don't care if your child is two. Um, I these are not things we started when our kids were that small, but we, these conversations in our family sort of evolved around report card time. So about every, I think it in our district is six to eight weeks, they get IPRs and interim progress reports. Yep. And so that was an automatic meeting um, with each child individually. Uh, and, um, and in the beginning, it was just sort of checking in just about their grades. Like, wow, this is great or maybe not so great. And we had both of those happen quite often. Um, but it, from those conversations, um, I started keeping notebooks. I should, should have brought one. Um, of just jottings of things that just got brought up. Like who, you know, were they having a difficult time with a friend or... Um, this class they were struggling in or, you know, it wasn't just school. Um, and then these carried into middle school and high school. So I would suggest no matter where you are as a parent that you start having these and use whatever as your excuse to start, whether it's grade time or maybe it's every Sunday or it's once a month, the beginning of the month. Um, and and not just that you're talking to your kids, but that you're listening and you're and you're in conversation, which means you have sure. to listen. Sure. Yeah. No, I think that's great. I, I love that uh, recommendation. And I don't have kids that are older yet. You know, I have kids who are in kindergarten and first grade, and I've got another one coming up as the caboose. But um, yeah, I started to th after our last conversation a few months ago, I started to talk to my older son who was, you know, back then before he even got into first grade, just about some of those things about future and who would you like to become? And, you know, some of those neat conversations 
early. And I think that that helps. And um, right. And I think it's a great time to ask questions like for your I don't know if your son is remote or not, but like, is there anything you're nervous about this year or how do you think first grade is going to look like? Will it be the same as kindergarten or, you know, because when you're in first grade, you think you are all that. So, right. you know, way bigger than kindergarten. So I think that obviously as your kids mature, you're not going to be steering it that way. But um, we also in the back of each of the notebooks, we had one for each boy. We have one for each of the boys. Um, topics that we wanted to intentionally cover. Um, obviously, there's the, the regular old birds and bees. There's um, dating just without the birds and the bees, hopefully. Um, there are college prep or even just what are you thinking? What what sounds sure. great to you right now? What what do you think you could be doing? You know, maybe there's a sport next season. We need to be sure we've got every all the equipment. It could just be so many things that I would just if Kent or I would think of a subject or a topic, we would just jot it down in the back. So we wouldn't forget it because you might we might not reach that topic this month, but it needs love to be that. covered. Yep. I love that. And then I love that idea of creating almost like a routine and consistently and persistently over yes. time, sitting down with them either once a week or once a month or whatever frequency might make sense for you. Uh, right. I think that's such an important idea. So, okay. When did, so college bounds the book, when did that publish? Last, I believe last June, early June. Um, yeah. it, I'm self-published. Um, and that was for me, I, I just didn't have, I, pro, I I knew what I had to say was important for people that are in the same time period with their teens. But I did, I was sort of a nobody. Who was I to say this? Um, so I didn't even consider getting like a publisher. Um, I just felt like if people are curious and they want just another mom's opinion or advice or whatever, I, I was just putting it out there. That's awesome. That, That's awesome. So, so is it aimed at parents then I'm assuming? Mm -hmm. yeah. I started it to teens, but then I thought what teen wants to hear from another adult? I mean, really, I didn't want to hear from anybody other. I mean, really, you know, you think, you know, it all anyway. And that, and I think that's, the case with parents of teens as well, sort of, I don't think they know what they don't know. And, um, which I, I didn't know what I didn't know when my oldest started middle school and there were so many questions my husband and I had, I just started jotting them down. And it was at about that. I think he was in high school when I started my blog with these same questions in mind, just, I, I am a researcher and I wanted to find out what, you know, what are the choices that I have and what are some direction that I can give to my kids hmm. that would be helpful. And then I thought, well, I may as well share this information. I started with a partner, but now it's just me. So that's awesome. That's awesome. So what would you say then is the greatest thing that you've accomplished thus far on your authorship journey? Um, just getting my book published, that was huge. You know, finding an editor and formatting it, all these technical terms that I would have had no idea. I joined some, you know, 
if you want to know something, uh, whether it's information that is useful or not, you know, there's Google is my was my best friend. And there's so many parenting groups and author groups on Facebook that I just started just asking, can I be a member? And I would just ask questions. And um, I, I mentioned the imposter syndrome. Like, I think in the beginning, not only did I feel like who wants to listen to my message, I also felt like, who am I to ask these questions? But then my confidence grew as I realized, okay, well, I am a mom and I want to know. And um, what I have to say may not be exactly what you need to hear or want to hear. So that's okay. You don't have to listen. But I have I have gotten really good feedback on from not only friends, but strangers that have said, I read your book and it has helped me so much just as a frame of reference where to start. Yeah, I think that's a big thing. I think a lot of people, uh, myself included, struggle at times with this imposter syndrome idea. That's all it is. Yeah. Right. And so, so how did you begin to overcome it? It sounds like you, you, you took action. You started doing the research. You got involved with these communities. You said, wait a minute, I am a mom who's curious. So yeah. that gives me the right to ask these questions. You took action. You started writing the book. Now you've got feedback from readers that are validating your book, validating your ideas, validating your messages. So it's awesome to see that trajectory, but you have to put yourself in motion. You know, you have to begin to take action to start to overcome some of that imposter syndrome, right? Right. Um, I think I read somewhere and I'm gonna quote this wrong and I don't even know who said it, but there's just a the tiniest percentage of people that actually, like a lot of people say, I want to write a book. I'm going to write a book. I have written a book, but then it doesn't go anywhere. And I want to, I'm going to make this up, but it's like less than 10%, maybe mm -hmm. less than 5%. Um, and I thought, okay, I just, it just spent all this time and effort and it's organized and useful information. Um, and I'm sort of a, I'm not a bad rebel, but I was going to prove that even if no one read my book at all, that I was going to publish it, whether that meant me, which it was, or um, whatever. So I just, I wanted to prove to myself and to some other just naysayers, like about, same with my blog, like, oh, why do you do that? Or that'll never make money. And um it's not just about the money, thank goodness, because I don't make a ton, but it, I, it's, it's become a hobby, but also a passion. I really love, I love teenagers. I mean, I'm teaching middle school for goodness sakes. Um, God bless you. <laughs> uh, but I just think, I think they get short shrift when people talk about teenagers today. I feel like it's really easy to diss teenagers in this day and age. And, and maybe with good, uh, you know, I don't know. I think a lot of teenagers aren't given guidance and they are making poor choices and doing bad things. And even my kids who were given guidance and provided with good choices, made mistakes. I mean, no one's perfect. I was certainly not a perfect teenager. Um, I wasn't a horrible teenager, but mm -hmm. um, 
I just wanted to put it out there because I felt like parents could help their teens and their relationship could be really good if they would try some of the things I suggest. Yeah, I love that. Have you ever come across any of Josh Ship's information by any chance? I love him. Yes, okay. yes. In fact, well, I don't think I quote him in my book, but I have a blog post for sure where I talk about teens and the roller coaster and pushing, pushing, pushing against their parents. And he says, hello, when you get on a roller coaster, you're going to push against that bar to make sure it holds. And that is what teenagers are doing to us. Like, are you going to hold? Are you going to be committed to this relationship? Are you going to keep me safe? And I love, I love, that's my favorite Josh quote. I think he's amazing. Yeah, I think you would. Yeah, I thought you would get a kick out of him if you hadn't already heard of him. So do you do any speaking or anything like that with some of these messages? Um, I have not. I would love to. I have spoken on some podcasts. Um, a couple of them are still in production, so like they're not out there yet. Um, I've spoken on a local radio show a couple of times. Um, I have started a YouTube channel. Don't go crazy and think that's all that because I've got literally one published uh, that's another thing where I was like, okay, I'm really going to do this. So I have one episode and I was one in the can that's scheduled to go out next Saturday. But the, again, it was like, I've just, I've just got to do it. Um, if people want to listen, great. And if they don't, they'll go somewhere else. I, I hope people find the answers they're looking for if I don't provide them. Sure. Yeah. Good for you. Okay. So you've got some radio exposure. You've gotten, you have a blog, you've got a YouTube channel that you're beginning to get you know, up and running, and then you have some podcast exposure. How, what do you find is moving the needle the most as far as book sales? Putting myself out there. Like, you know, I don't remember if you reached out to me or I reached out to you. Um, some of these podcasts and summits like, um, online parenting summits. I, I feel like that's become these summits have become huge with everybody being home with COVID. I was aware of what they were because as a, business owner slash, you know, learning nerd. I, I've just joined so many summits to find out things like, how do I do this? And what's the best way to do that? And um, so a friend of mine who is another blogger for parents, um, she and I just decided this would be a great time to put together a summit for parents of teens and young adults. Um, I've spoken on some other parenting summits and that has, it's not only been fun, but I feel like, I think when kid, when parents have toddlers and babies and little kids, there's so many resources and there's so many, you know, and they know to ask questions. They don't know what they're doing. You get a baby and take it home and, oh my gosh, what do I do? And you start looking. But by the time you're a parent of a teen, um, I just feel like you're like, oh, well, I know what I'm doing. Well, teenagers are different. They, let me, I'm just going to say they're different creatures. That doesn't mean they're bad, but don't forget to keep looking for answers. Sure. Yeah. So I love what you're saying. I hope everyone who's listening and watching is, is, is understanding what Mel's doing. I mean, Mel, I look at that as you have found a way to leverage other people's stages or other yes. people's platforms. And right now, in the pandemic that we all find ourselves in, like there's no better time than right now to reach out and see what other summits or like I've leveraged challenges uh, over the past couple months. And I found that getting into challenges or hosting challenges like on Facebook 
is a very great way to move books and enroll people into my products and programs. So Mel's out there. She's doing her YouTube thing. She's doing her blog thing. I would call those your own platforms or your own stages. And when we're first getting started, we know that we need a long runway and that's going to take a little time to get some traction. So that's great. Mel's doing that. In the meantime, she's also going out and she's getting on someone else's summit. And that summit might have four, six, eight, 12 speakers in a day, potentially. And what's nice about that is Mel and everyone else who is engaged in that summit's most likely reaching out and bringing people in. So Mel gets to leverage other people's databases and other people's exposure in their marketing efforts by being on that one summit. So I think that's really smart and summits and challenges these platforms or these marketing vehicles are really taking off right now. You know, the days of the webinar where we stare at the screen for 90 minutes, those days are coming to a close if they're not already ended, I think, with, with everything going on. So that's awesome. Okay, so tell me about the biggest mistake you've made. Like what really stands out to you? Like if I could do this over again here, maybe I would take a different approach. Um, it's hard to say. I don't know that I made, well, I'm sure I made a million mistakes, but um, I think not, no, I, I just... I was so focused on each step along the way. Um, like it was really hard to look ahead. Um, and as I was publishing my book, it was around that time that my um, blogging partner, partner decided she had so much family stuff going on. She couldn't be a part of that. So that was also sort of a, a snowball effect. I was really having to assess well, I knew I had my book out there. So I felt like it would have been a waste of all that effort if I hadn't continued the blog on my own. But it took me a while to get there. Um, she had been my technical partner. She wrote as well, but I did most of the social media and the writing. And so I had to decide. I gave myself a year and just kind of kept putting a few things out there. I wasn't killing myself. I was trying to learn more about how to promote my book, which I guess that's my biggest. If I had to pick one mistake, it would have been to not be more aware of how to promote my book. Hmm. But, you know, again, I couldn't I was I had 50 plates in the air and I had to just do what I could do. I I will say as horrible as COVID has been, it gave me the opportunity to come home and I could teach and get do that. But then I was, I wasn't commuting to work. I wasn't spending, you know, unnecessary time going to my building. It was very streamlined uh, as yeah. far as teaching in the spring. And so I was able to start really doing some serious research and reaching out. And I felt like too, that was about the time that I started to kind of say, okay, this is my message and I'm going to own this. And I've been trying to work on like a tagline and um, just sort of how do I want to put myself out there? But I just, um, I, I think I just have decided that what my message is important enough to continue. Sure. Sure. Now I love that. Well, that's very empowering when you could reach that stage. Yeah. It takes a while. <laughs> or it did for me. Yeah. This deserves more attention. I just uh, spoke last week. I had Terry Pappy on the show 
and she's doing this marketing campaign through Facebook. And she's like, I'm going to give myself six months for this. And you just said, well, back then I said, I'm going to give this a year. And I think that's a mistake. A lot of us entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, creatives we make is like, we want to see instant results. So we go all out on something for a couple of weeks or a month or two. And then when it doesn't work, we shift gears because we think it's, that's not the right angle or that's not the right channel. When some of these things just simply deserve more time, they require more time. And I struggle with that myself. When I published my book in July, like I found myself last month already kind of doing some other things and going off in different directions and not continuing to promote my book. It's like, well, I, you know, you, you invested so much of your time and energy, blood, tears in this book. And I'm thinking after only two and a half short months, I'm, you know, chasing a squirrel over here. I need to get back to what matters. And, you know, I'm, I'm with you. Give it a year. Some experts say year minimum. A lot of people recommend two years, three years, and it doesn't actually take off and even catch fire until you're beyond a year in marketing and promoting that same book. Right. Um, I love what you said. I'm going to give myself a year. I think that's such an important mindset to have when you're about to embark on one of these major projects as a solopreneur entrepreneur, right? Right. Um, yeah. And so it was a year in June of this year and I was in the middle of just my, like my learning craziness. Um, but here's the thing too, like, especially, I don't know if it is this way for you. I'm sure you want to be with your family. I, I did this to help my kids get move forward and get out um, on their own. And I, I, I had spent so much time. I mean, and I was with the family, like I sat on the couch and I would be typing and I'm like, can you put that away? And, and I would, um, but it's really easy to, you know, let this overtake your life. So it had to be a, I know I was going back into the classroom and that was going to take time that I, this year's even harder. Any extra time that I have, which is not a lot anyway, um, I'm barely keeping my head above the water. It, this is going to be a year where I'm going to have to really decide, you know, is teaching where I need to be or is this, this book, this platform, you know, do I want to really take a dive in seven months and, and really make this be my life? Um, and I have to say I'm leaning that way <laughs> after this year of, you know, it's just COVID is a mess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it comes down to your focus. That's what I found. I mean, earlier on in the year, I lost like 90% of my clients in, in, in the business coaching side of my business. And honestly, I look back and say that was a real blessing because I don't yeah. think I would have gone all in. You know, like a lot of people say, like, you got to burn your boats and do that one thing. Yeah. And it's and a matter I, of focus. Yeah. You don't have to. You don't have to. You, it just may take a lot, lot longer for you to right. make that one thing work. Well, and we've got one out of the nest now. Well, I say that he's actually living here because he graduated and wasn't really sure where to go. He got a job. So we're, um, he's not even been there a month, but so as he navigates those waters and he leaves our payroll, which he wasn't really on it. I mean, he, he didn't put himself through college. We did pay for school, but all the other pieces were his to own. Um, we're happy to let him have a few months here and figure this all out and get on a budget. And, but like I said, you know, I'm not, 
I'm not helping my husband put two kids through college anymore. There's just one. So I'm like, that's kind of the difference in my paychecks. It's so pathetic. So I love how you talk about your household like a business. You're like, he's still <laughs> on payroll, but we might need to furlough him soon. Yes. <laughs> I love yes. That. So yeah. um, anyway, but cool. I highly recommend like it's been really fun to watch our adult now, adult son, navigate these grown-up waters. It's been, you know, I think in his perfect world, he would not be even in the United States. And so to watch his pivots and decisions have been really great. And the fact that he still considers us worthy of consulting, that we are um, we are mentors in his life that he counts on and asks of, yeah. has been... That's been really nice. I don't know if we had not done our, I mean, I hope that whatever way we parented would have been great, but I feel like having always had these conversations, he was so comfortable coming to us and saying, you know, this is not what I want. What do I do? Um, well, that's huge. I, I think that's, I think that's what every parent wants, especially during the teenage years when it's such a critical time. I mean, the fact that you and your husband has, have figured out a way, found a way to keep that line of communication open, I think is incredible. And I would imagine that that's a lot of the concept, concepts in the book have to do with how to do that, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so tell me a little bit, of what, what's beyond the book? Do you have a, a course or a program or anything beyond the book that you're doing as far as your business is concerned? Well, so while I'm teaching, no, the only thing that I'm, I'm trying to keep the blog going, you know, one or two posts a month, which I just did a blog update. So there's been nothing new for two months and that's been driving me crazy, but I kind of had to back off and let my person do what she needed to do. So now I need to get comfortable in that new format again. So I will continue to do that. I'm working on a second book. Uh, baby, baby steps. Like if I can get 10 or 15 minutes of writing in a day, it's, that's huge. Mm -hmm. um, just with everything else. It, but what I'd like to do is take this and do sort of a chapter by chapter video series um, cool. with a little bit of back information. Um, cool. So my goal would be to possibly get that at least started over the Christmas break. Cause I have a really nice, more than two week break. And I feel like I could do some of it then. Um, it's not available, but it, I saw another woman that did something similar with the book she'd written. And I'm like, I could, I could totally do that. I could talk about yeah. each chapter and not read it because you can read the book, but I could talk about where do we, where did I come from when I wrote that chapter? Sure. Yeah. I saw someone, another guest I had on the, the show in the previous season, uh, Dr. JJ Kelly actually uh, she didn't like, she did an audiobook. She didn't like the narrator. So she ended up doing it herself. And what, what she actually did was she took a video camera and sat next to a fireplace and read each chapter and then launched each chapter on YouTube. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it was kind of neat. She didn't do like any back matter or thoughts behind the chapter or anything like that, like you're suggesting, but she just literally read it. And it was kind of like story time with her reading through each chapter. But I love your idea about providing some extra content or some context behind the chapters. I think that's a neat idea. Yeah. Yeah. 
Cool. And I do have the audio version. It's like, but that's just one more thing, which is not uploaded into to Amazon or anywhere. That's the other thing. I'd like to go wide. And I, there's just so much to learn. And I don't, I'm just leaving it where it is right now. And there's like, I have a list of the things that I'd like to accomplish when I have the time. Um, and just checking them off. But for right now, just a little bit of writing. Um in my next book and a little bit of update, you know, just at this point, I would love to know how to update a blog post in my new uh, website. It's, it's, it's not scary, but I'm like, Oh, just something else to learn. <laughs> yeah. 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 I went with the wide strategy myself. So I did Amazon for paperback and Kindle. Then I did Ingram spark for hardcover on Amazon, but then paperback everywhere else. And I did find a way voices. I think I mentioned that. To yes, you for and I joined them, but I've, that's about as far as I got then school started. Um, yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting, Mel, is that like, I find that 90% of my sales are through Amazon. That's Even what more. I keep. I've read, you know, I'm in a couple of the wide for the win or a couple of Facebook groups, which are awesome. And I've learned so much. Um, but the reason that I'm not like putting that as a priority to implement at this point is what I, is exactly what you said. Right. I mean, yes, yeah, it would it, be great down the road. At, at first I was like, you know, I, I had everything going through Ingram spark and back then they were going through some serious COVID crisis. This was back in June, July. And um, we had some serious delays, but finally things started to work out. And I remember like going to target.com and Googling, my, uh, searching on target. I'm like, Oh my God, my books on target.com, you know, and it's over here at Walmart. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, Barnes and you know, you can get it everywhere online. But at the end of the day, 90 plus percent, probably well over 90%. I haven't checked the reports in too long, but well over 90% is on Amazon. And then what's interesting is about 90% of the sales on Amazon are actually Kindle. Right. The bulk of my sales are Kindle, which is surprising to me. I'm more of a you know, I like physical books. I prefer those right. over the, the uh, e-versions. But so you just, regardless of the strategy for the next launch, you got to make sure that you're doing what you need to do to continually promote it over time. Right. Um, I Exactly. I And that's another thing is I, even six months ago would not have been, before the COVID thing, I would not have been comfortable like sharing, I don't know, if that's, I, I'm not embarrassed that I wrote a book, but it's like to know where to put it out and to put it out different places more than once. Like I used to think, oh, I put it out there already. Um, then I'm like, you know what? Not everybody sees it every single time. Right. And if they've already seen it, they could just ignore me. So it's just all that stuff that's in your head that um, I'm proud of what I did. And um, if you've got a kid that's a, teenager or even preteen, even better, th there are things that would be so helpful to you as a parent and I want to help. So um, that's where yeah. I am with that. Yeah. And I like what you said. I think that's also very important is we're probably wired the same way in that, you know, we're nice and we don't want to be aggressive and we get bothered when we get 12 emails on the same day from the same person about the same off offer. However, right you do have to be a little bit more aggressive than you think because a not too many people are paying attention. And if your message misses, right. they don't care. They're just on to the next thing in their feed or whatever it is. B hardly anyone sees it. So you do have to do it more than once because timing 
depending on timing, people just may not see it. And then there's all sorts of new posts that, you know, come on social media ahead of yours and it's buried and they'll never see it. Right. Right. Um, but I, what I really like about your book and the angle here is you have like a very defined market. It's parents of preteens or teens who are college bound, right? I mean, the title's genius. And it's such a neat little pocket that people should be able to self-identify with. So whether you're on a stage like a summit or you're running an ad or creating a post, I would think that, you know, some people will see it and they won't even, it won't resonate at all. But the people that it resonate with are, are your people that you're looking to attract in. Right. And I don't think that, I don't think that your message is so controversial that it's going to repel or, or, you know, make people mad. You know what I mean? It's a very nice, positive message. Right. And I really feel like no matter what kind of a parent you are, like you could be really strict and you could use my book and you could be the most laid back parent ever. And it would still work. You, it, doesn't really matter the type of parent that you are. Um, if you want to help your kids succeed and get out of your house, which is, isn't that the ultimate goal? I mean, yes, of course I want them to come visit me. And I love that my oldest son is living with us right now temporarily, <laughs> but um, I, I, I just feel like we need to help them along their journey and make that as pleasant for all involved as possible. And it is, it can be done. Um, and again, my kids are not perfect and we are not perfect parents far, far, far from it. But, and we have had issues, but I believe truly that because we never got out of conversation, um, and we had a few set rule, like very few, like two rules. That's, that's all we had. Um, that we, you know, one down one and a, have to go. I mean, he's halfway gone. The second yeah. one. You know, something I learned, Mel, that I think might be helpful is I learned a long time ago that people like to consume content differently. So you're talking about how many people in the population write a book. Well, how many people in the population read a book just once a year is frightening. Mm-hmm. Or not, not at all. Right. Not a lot of people are readers these days. I don't want to misquote, but I thought it was somewhere around like 10% of America reads a book a year. Um, So what I want you to think about, because this is something I learned many years ago, like you, if you imagine what you do in this book called College Bound and that, that sweet spot, that market that you're tapping into, you have like a done or a do it yourself type of a level, which is someone who buys your book can consume it and actually put some of the strategies and tactics into play. They don't need any more help. The book did it. That's enough for them. But then you have like this other level, this deeper level of like done with you type people who are like, this is great. I love the message. I either read your book or maybe I just heard you on a summit. I want help with this. And I value accountability and I value camaraderie and the connection. And I want to be, I want to work with you, but what else can I do outside of your book? or beyond your book. Then you've got people like in the done for you category, which may not apply to you, but these are the people who are like, I just want to outsource this thing. I don't want to look at this thing. Just, I want to hand it off and have someone else run the ball down the field. And as you progress down those levels, like do it yourself is pretty inexpensive for your customer. They can buy your book and do it. It'll cost them 12 bucks, 13 bucks, whatever your book costs. 
done with you, maybe someone wants to join you in a mastermind or in a program, or maybe someone wants to take your online course so they can get some advanced training. The pricing goes up a little bit because it's more advanced. It's deeper learning. And then done for you, if you were to do this and people could outsource it to you, which I don't know if that applies here, that's the most expensive, right? So long ago, that's what I learned was like, wow, I need to have more than just a book because some people will take the book, they'll download the resources and the tools that I provide for free. They'll take it and run with it and use it and have the change and have the transformation. And I'm thrilled with that. Other people will try that. They'll get stuck. And they'll recognize that they have a need for more help. So for those people, I better have who actually those people are more than the do-it-yourselfers. The people who need help and who need some handholding are, you know, that that bucket is larger than the people who just buy the book for 10 bucks and run with it. So they need a course. They need something at a more advanced level or at least additional support in some way, shape or form so they can advance too. And then you've got those people who are like, you know, hiring you one-on-one, right? Like that's your version of done for you is like, you can hire me one-on-one. Right. So I would encourage you to think about like, what else can you surround this book with as far as additional products and services? Cause it is really hard. Like if you're thinking about maybe going out on your own and, and, and doing this as the only focus for you, selling books is hard. Your royalties are three, $4 a crack at best. It's hard to make a living that way. So I want to encourage you to think about, you know, think beyond the book a little bit and think like, well, what else can I do? What feedback am I hearing? Are people wanting to, am I being asked about a course? Am I being asked about a webinar or a training or some sort of a summit? Or am I being asked about like a coaching program? You could do group coaching, private one-to-one coaching. Like you could, you have such a defined audience and you have such a powerful, strong message you could definitely take that, broaden out your service or product offerings and help people in a more advanced or deeper way. It's funny that you say that because I have been asked if I have a course and that's why I was thinking first to start with the chapters. But I came across a a blogging friend of mine is a career counselor and I logged into the program that says that she was had been certified through and it's really not that expensive and it's not that many hours and i felt like with that certification under my belt plus you know 30 plus years educating and 20 plus years as a mom i felt like i could more than you know make the money back that it and it's not really that expensive to get that certification in the long run um that's something that I definitely feel like needs to be in my um the gal that did my website even said okay where's your what product do you have? And I said, I nothing right now, but I definitely, um, I agree with you. I think that is the way, if I'm going to do this, I have to do more. Yeah. You know what your certification is to me? What? Your results. That I'm a mom? <laughs> no, well, that's part of it. But your results are your certification in my eyes. And your certification, if I'm you, is I have two children who I'm still in open communication with who are living their life successfully and making good choices. You know what I mean? Your husband yeah. and you are on the same page. Like you, your credentials to me are the, the two lines of communication that you have open with your kids. I think that as it pertains to the customers and clients you're looking to attract your readership, I think that certification is going to mean a heck of a lot more than I'm 
ALP certified. And it's like, what is that? Yeah, that's true. You know, I used to have a, a, a web agency many years ago. And we, we mm-hmm. in the early stages, used to always put our certifications first. Like, oh, we're Google Ad certified for all this stuff. None of our clients cared about that. None of the product, that didn't mean anything. All they cared about was what results have you generated for people like us? So keep that in mind because I struggled many years ago with like, well, maybe I need a life coaching certification from this or from that or whatever it is. But I had my results in my right. own life. And I had results that I'd already given and, and, and demonstrated with the, the clients I was working with. And I was very glad that I didn't go after some of those things because I, I realized I didn't need them. So there's that imposter syndrome again. That is, you're right, 100%. Right, which you're doing so well with, but you're seeing the testimonials come back from your readers. Right. You've got results on your own. Hopefully over time, you'll see some testimonials come back with their results. That to me is your credibility. That to me is your credential. You know, not, not some third party something or other yeah. for whatever that's worth. No, that, that is helpful to know. Cause you, you don't, I, yeah, I'm proud of those two boys and the third one is, you know, we're getting there. Um, but, uh, yeah, you just don't know what people respond to and you're right. It's been amazing. I had, I had sent my book to a friend who's a counselor and I said, I'd just love for you to just read it and see what you think. And she wrote back, I asked her if she would put it on uh, Amazon as a review. And she did, but she said, you know, all, all these times we've been telling my husband and I've been saying, we need to talk to Angela or whatever her name was. Um, and we just never, she said, so one night we just said, okay, let's just do it. And that's the thing you just got, like Nike says, just do it. And she said, we could not believe how much she had to say. And th- it was the best conversation. And I'm like, yes, that's, that's exactly right. The, I think teenagers just want to be heard and they don't know, you know, they think they know a lot about a lot of things as, you know, anybody that's been around a teenager knows, but they really do. I think we don't give them credit for all the thoughts that they are having about because the future is scary. And right now in their world, it's a mess. Mm. And um, I feel like even now, even more now we need to listen with, to them and talk with them and give them a voice in our that so then we can respond and and impart some of our wisdom at, yeah. you know i don't know at all and, I, and i'm the first to admit it i'm like well let me look that up because google is again my best friend so yeah right, not right. That google knows it all but it can d- point me in directions that i want right. to That's go right. No, I love that. Awesome. Well, congrats on all your success. And thank you so much for coming on the show here today with me. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Yeah, you bet. You bet. All right. So we'll check in again. I want to have you back three, six months down the road. I want to hear about your career direction, what you're doing. I want to hear about if you've added any programs, products, services onto the back end of this book. Okay. And my next book too, if I ever get it finished. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Mel. Have a great week. You too. All right. Sean here again. Wasn't that an awesome conversation? Just want to say thanks again for joining us this week. And if you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to my podcast so you can catch all future episodes. Take care and remember to make it a great day.